what's going on what's going on friends and family thank you so much for watching every day is a saturday i'm your host brian roof all right so hey guys before we get started into today's episode i want to talk a little bit about the show um i know some of you guys haven't had the opportunity to join me over on the wacky wednesdays i do a wacky wednesdays over on uh youtube facebook and yeah those two places i'm streaming live you guys can catch those every Wednesday. And uh, for the people that are just listening to me on the audio side, um, I'm going to start releasing those the week. The I'll release the episode week prior, so that way you guys can listen to what happened uh, the week prior. Um, so I hope you guys like that. And then we're going to go ahead and get into my next guest. My next guest served his country proud in the United States Army for eight years. He did two combat tours to Iraq and is now the vice president of a nonprofit organization called Wheels for Warriors USA, helping vets two wheels at a time. Let's meet our next hero, Jesse Cunningham. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Jesse? Welcome, bro. Yeah, been looking forward to this, man. I'm excited. Yeah, man, we've been looking forward to having you on as well. I've heard a lot about you through Scott, Jason, you know, all the Nebraska guys. I mean, I feel like I'm. Uh, Making my rounds to uh, Nebraska. Oh, we we got a lot going on here for for sure. So. That's right, man. Uh, yeah, and you're about to tell us a lot about some of it, and uh, we heard a lot about it too through uh, Hero Stock. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get to know a little bit about Jesse, man. What uh, made you uh, not ready to be a Marine yet? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just you know, tell us a little bit about your Army career, and then you know what you got going on, man. I come from just, you know, history, military family. Um, I, I chose, chose the army. Ultimately um, I had, I had family in every branch of the service, but went with the army, uh, went in as an MP, uh, did two tours in Iraq. Uh, my first tour, I did uh, 18 months in country in the Anbar province of Iraq, uh, guarding Saddam and all the guys that were on trial with Saddam through all their court proceedings. Uh, then I came home for seven months wasn't really acclimating and liking the civilian life. And I volunteered and went back for another tour. And then I was at uh, Camp Buka, Iraq for another 12 months. Uh, then I came home and eventually got out. Wow, man. So where did you go to boot camp and all that stuff? Like, I mean, let's uh, get a little oh, bit more it, of the longer version of your military, you know, going way back Fort lost in the wood, Fort Leonard, Missouri. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, what was your job and stuff on all that? Uh, just military police. Um, you know, my my home unit was uh, the 530th Military Police Battalion um, out of Omaha. They uh, have since moved to Elkhorn, Nebraska. Um, but I deployed, my first deployment was with a, a military unit from Joplin, Missouri. Um, went with them for my first deployment and then, uh, then with my home unit for my second deployment. And uh, where were you guys in Iraq again? Uh, my first deployment, I was there the uh, the end of 05, all of 06, beginning of 07. Uh, and then I came home, was home for seven months, deployed in January of 08, and came back January of 09. Nice. So, uh, man, yeah. How was your experience, though, man? Was it... Uh... The uh, being in the army, or were you glad? I mean, I it seemed like you wanted to go back in, you, you didn't get enough, so 
I did. I did. Um, you know, I love the deployments. I love the, the atmosphere. I love, you know, guys talk about the camaraderie and the brotherhood and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a very real thing. It's, uh, uh, it's a, it's a lot easier to live over there than it is to live here. You don't have the responsibilities. You don't have the bills. You don't have all those types of things. So, um, it's easy to get accustomed to living that lifestyle. Um, so that was, uh, something that was a, a big draw for me for wanting to go back the for my second tour, but, you know, um, being in a, a military police unit, you know, you do anything from cage kicking and, you know, guarding detainees to working on a base, you know, doing, you know, tickets and, that type of stuff to, uh, you know, basically mechanized infantry where you're, you're out, you know, doing everything else that everybody else does. You're out on the roads, you know, fighting the fight. So, um, I had the experience of doing pretty much everything, but the law enforcement aspect of all of that. So, so, uh, what made you end up wanting to get out ultimately since you, uh, went to, you know, you wanted to go back and then just you that for that second four term, you were like, uh, you know, I have uh, a lot of my battle buddies who've done three, four, five, six deployments. Um, yeah. I I knew that uh, being up for my reenlistment, that if I was going to reenlist, that I was going to stay in, you know, from a full 20. Um, and I knew that that meant four, five, six deployments. And I had young daughter at home and me and my wife uh, had one on the way. I simply asked my wife, I said, you know, I'm up for reenlistment. I said, if I, if I reenlist, I'm staying in. And she yeah. just simply said, please don't. And that was it. I, that, you know, that, that's all she had to say. And I just walked away. So. And I get it. Cause I mean, you know, deployments are rough. Not only uh, are they rough, but when, especially when you got a family, kids yeah. and, and, and a wife, it's, it's hard on the whole you know, circle. My first deployment was drastically different from my second deployment, even though they were, you know, just a short time of, apart, you know, I was in different parts of the country and knowing what I went through on my first deployment and then, you know, us being together through my second deployment, um, you know, that's, that's hard on the family. You know, that's, that's a lot to put them through. You know, it's, it's easy to be selfish and say that, you know, I want to go back and you know, do all the, you know, fun, who exciting, you know, stuff and, you know, and go play war and, you know, but you're, you're leaving everybody else out to hang and dry, you know? So it's, it's, it was a decision for everybody, not just myself. Yeah, I get it. I mean, the, that's why the Marine Corps has a saying, like, if uh, they wanted you to have wife and kids, they would have issued them to you. <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> I mean, it, it makes some kind of sense in a matter. I mean, I, I know guys that when we deployed my one buddy, he had like babies, you know, I mean, just little, little ones. And he was just going to miss out on that whole part of their life, you know, so and my, when they got, when they got home, the little ones didn't recognize them, you know, at first, because back then we didn't have this whole FaceTime and uh, the ability to see each other or, you know, if, unless you had a picture, you know, so and that's interesting that you say that because my, my oldest daughter, Olivia, uh, when she was born, um, I was actually mobilizing from Fort Dix, New Jersey. And the first time that I ever saw her was a text message picture that was sent to a buddy of mine's phone. Um, 
I had already come home on like my leave and missed her birth and everything else and wasn't going to be able to see her before I went to Iraq. Uh, luckily, uh, right before uh, we finished our training, we, we finished quick enough. They gave us another three day pass and I bought a plane ticket, flew home, held my daughter one time and then flew back and flew to Iraq. Uh, when I came home on leave, she was eight and a half months old. Um, same thing, you know, she didn't recognize me. She didn't know me, uh, any of that. And then when I came home, she was 18 months old. So, mm. you know, a year and a half old and, you know, trying to reintegrate into her life and everything else. And that was, that was a rough time. And I think probably a big reason why I went back to Iraq, because I thought that, you know, if I went back to Iraq, you know, there if I went back to Iraq, you know, financially, you know, medically, everything would be taken care of. I wouldn't have to worry about nothing. You know, that was, you know, a big decision too. You know, it's, it's, it's easier to go fight a war and pay paychecks than it is to stay home and care for your kid. Yeah. And I mean, just from, uh, you know, when you're at home, it's, it, there's just a lot of things that could go, especially when, when you when you're when you got your home and you got your kids and they're uh, especially babies man they mm -hmm. they they can't tell you what they want they scream they're hungry they're they just need to be changed diapers you know there's just a lot that comes with those little little mouse man <laughs> well you know, you know I, I left too i was young uh 21 at the time yeah, left go yeah. um i was a kid and i left essentially, you know, uh, a single, you know, no kid, you know, atmosphere, you know, go fight in, you know, a war atmosphere and experience all the things that come with that and then come home and have a 18 month old child to, you know, try and relate to after you leave the battlefield, you know, like how, how, how do you do that? that you know, that's, that, they teach you about that in, you know, the military. So, yeah, no, they don't, man. I mean, and I don't know how good, like, so what, what was your time frame when you were in? Uh, I was in from 2002 to 2010. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, bro. I mean, those time frames. I, I know cause I got out 2004, uh, but you know, when I came home and stuff like that, they didn't tell us how to go live life afterwards or, uh, that we were going to experience any kind of you know, any kind of things from what we experienced, you know, like I didn't know I was going to have a uh, post-traumatic, you know, distress, whatever, just PTSD and all that stuff until later on and stuff started happening. I was like, Oh shit. And then I started talking to other buddies who were going through a lot of the same things I was going through. And then, Oh, that's called PTSD. Oh, that's, Oh, Oh, no kidding. Uh, nah, man, I don't got that shit. You know, <laughs> like, Nah, bro, you know that none of us have none of that. No. Right. You know, we started playing that game for a while, especially when we're in our early twenties, dude, you know, you, you, there ain't nothing wrong with me. I broken, you know, right. like, well, you know, and he, they did a real good job of teaching us how to like compartmentalize and like put it in a box and put it over here. Right. Yeah. Take care of what you got to take care of and then handle that crap later. Well, you know, now it's 10 years later and veterans are trying to unpack that stuff and they're struggling. Yeah. And like, you know, 
these guys are going home to their babies screaming and they were just in a area when they heard screaming and it was a whole nother, yeah. you know, meaning to them, you know, that scream, those babies, those loudness, those noises that the, the kids do. It's stuff that's stuff that a lot of guys go home and they're not ready for all that, that stuff in their, in their living rooms or, you know, so that's why a lot of guys start heading out to the rooms, heading out to the garages Yep. You know, the backyards. <laughs> they put on a face, they pretend to be normal, and they do what they can to blend into the the their surroundings, and they just become very uncomfortable in their own surroundings. And that's where that, like, you know, where they become, you know, secluded and, you know, pull back from being around people and stuff like that comes from. Yeah, bro. And I mean, and I'm only, I can only talk by experience. I live that life too you know what i mean exactly yep. what you said I, I family members friends buddies you know that i grew up with uh just started disconnecting a lot yeah you know and only staying connected with some of the closest guys that i was served with and like feeling like i could only trust them and you know things of that nature yeah but yeah there's definitely that feeling you know like when i'll say like for me when i came home I looked at society as a whole and was like, you know, what, you know, what is wrong with these people? These people are like selfish, greedy, they're all these things. I'm like, people have no idea how good they have it. Like, you know, and being in a country where, you know, you see, you know, children that, you know, barely have clothes on or, you know, are begging for things and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, you look around and you just, you see all this want and, you know, you know, just this commercialism and all this, you know, stuff. And it's, you know, I, that was for me, the hardest part is I looked around and I just had a distaste for like how people lived, you know, and I still carry a little bit of that. Um, but, um, it just makes me more appreciative for how I'm raising my family. Um, the values that I'm instilling in my, you know, my, my girls that I'm raising and things like that. But yeah. You really sound like you, you, you're talking about me, you know what I mean? When you're saying a lot of this stuff, bro, like oh, it's, it's every veteran, um, right. we're, we all come to the same realization at some point or go through the same battles at some point. And, you know, we have our highs, we have our lows and it's, it's, it's finding that common ground of, you know, like, you know, where are you really at in your relationship with how you're dealing with things yourself? accepting some things too yeah like an acceptance you know accepting too like uh you're not always gonna win you know or there's gonna be failure you're gonna have rough relationships uh stop wasting your calories and energy on other people that you can't control or have you know any you know like stop worrying about what others because like for you man i was like gosh damn these you know these people are so fucking uh, like, you know, inc- you know, they're not happy. It's like, they have no idea how great they have it. And mm-hmm. constantly seeing people like that and, and, and putting in energy towards that. I'm just like, ah, oh, you know what, man, let them live their life. Yeah. But to complain about things that we complain about here, people have no clue unless you go to like a third, you know, um, like a, a third world country yeah. uh, where things are completely different and they, you know, they live life where, uh, having uh, just a mat inside their their 
their, their dirt house dude or whatever is is happy for them you know what i mean just having this little square mat amongst yeah. a, a, a mound of dirt they're, they're happy but here you know it's it, like i feel like people are swimming and and it's just never can find their happiness you know but stop trying to worry about all that in my life because it's like we're not going to solve that problem <laughs> that, that when you when you stop worrying about all that stuff too that's when you start finding your happiness again that's when yeah. you start you know that it, that that place where you find yourself you know comfortable around yourself your family your friends all those things exactly relationships instead of focusing on all the you know the extra yeah exactly bro i mean to me i think and because i've just recently kind of got there dude like it's taking me some time and I, i mean i've become so many things like once your mind kind of gets in a better place and you're in your like your mindset is just clear dude and you and you gotta like in this clear area you are now able to process things so much better make better decisions uh find happiness laugh at yourself you know uh you know you know there's just so many things that come with just clearing that mind and then when other things come, bro, I've noticed that I'm able to react better to them. Like my, my even like my, my relationship with my wife has gotten better just by working on some of those things like that I've just had clogged up in my brain for so long. But getting into a better place and 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 just talking to others, you know, doing this podcast, it's really helped me. I think it's kind of like a therapy. You like here we are talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and here I am opening up talking about things. We're making ourselves vulnerable to everybody. We're just we're talking to like men. Um, but these kind of things help, man. And then this is putting, you know, my wife sees me walking around, she's like, you know, I've seen a smile more on your face and stuff. Like, you know, I find just more happiness in yourself and realizing that it's not others' responsibility to make you happy. You know, happiness is within yourself. Yeah. If you're not happy, it's no one else's fault but yourself. You got to get there. You know what I mean? I had something explained to me the other day. Uh, well, it's been a little while back, but it was it was pretty profound. And ha- it was something that uh, when it was explained to me, uh, had such an effect on me. It took me weeks to put this into play into my life and to like think about it. Um, but the way it was explained to me is, you know, we all start out with, you know, a, and a shadow of ourselves, you know, we have like an outline throughout our life. We have all these traumas, whether it's a childhood trauma, you know, being teased, bullied in high school, um, some kind of abuse or, you know, battery type event or, you know, war trauma or whatever happens throughout your life. All of these traumas make a mark in your shadow self and eventually that shadow self is filled in it's just dark and gray or black with all of these traumas that we carry throughout our life you can look at that shadow self as you're carrying these traumas or you can look at that shadow self and become friends with it and say that because of all of these things i am who i am today and you know i i thought about that and thought about all the the traumas in my life and I want to backtrack on that too, is when we have a trauma in our life, whether it's something that happens when we're a kid, teenager, adult, whatever, um, 
when we have something that is an effect in our life that is a trigger that is correlating to that event, we revert back in age to the age we were when that trauma happened. So veterans who are struggling with dealing with anger issues, they're reverting back to wartime issues and the trauma that they were having during war and the, the anger and the adrenaline and the violence that they had to endure is, you know, what they're now unleashing in their house because, you know, they're, they have a trigger an event that brought them back to, you know, that event in their life. And they're now bringing that out in their life at home, you know? Um, and I, I started to think about all of these events in my life and all these different traumas and, you know, how I react in anger and how I, you know, view certain things. And it was a lot for me to unpack. Um, it took, it took a long time to wrap my head around that. And, you know, now I'm just now learning to become friends with my shadow self. And you're talking about like, you know, you know, using some of these things as, you know, like I am who I am today because of these types of things. Look at all these veterans that are doing great things. They've had extremely traumatic experiences throughout their lives and they're doing amazing things. You know, it's, it's learning how to deal with those traumas, accepting them and being okay with not being okay. Exactly. And I mean, the thing is, is that you could become an advocate for others when, you know, because let's face it, man, we all go through stuff. Yep. You know, so it becomes that you can be a voice for another person when they see you talking about it. That could that could inspire someone else and say, man, this dude's talking about it. I got this going on. And it might just what you said could trigger something in their life and, and make them think, man, I got this is something I got to deal with. So the more that we can get these kind of things out there and just talk about it and and have guys that are OK with just not being okay and saying, Hey man, I was fucked up, you know, cause I was too, bro. And it, it created me to be a bad dad for my two older kids. And I've had to cross that bridge with them. I had to go accept that and, and own it and say, man, I messed up with you guys. And I totally know, and this is why I messed up. And here's, I try to give them more of a, a, a picture of why, you know, yeah. not uh, just, you know, just deal with it. Here's, this is who I am. You know, no, it wasn't, you know, I know, I know, bro i wasn't a good dad to my two older ones you know like I got I yeah you know? yep. yep. and, and and now i'm able to have better relationships with them because of owning that stuff yeah and just begin saying yeah i was a bad dad you're right and and, and if you let's talk about what you want to talk about and and let's get let the let's let's talk about it. you know if there's something that needs to be cleared up or you don't understand let's talk about it you know and it's been great, man. I mean, at least with my older daughter, um, you know, our relationship has, a, a, you know, she's now in college, but it's like we've totally transitioned to like having a good friendship, you know, where she just comes and talks to me about anything and everything and no judgment. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just great. One of the things, too, with, you know, being being a, a veteran who's experienced combat and trauma and things like that and then trying to parent is you know, we, it's very easy for us to tell our kids to do things because we tell our our soldiers to do things, you know, and when we say things, we expect that they are done and they're carried out and it's done 
as we said, you know, because if not, there could be caught. Yeah. And we're applying that same thing to our children. You know, we, we expect children who do not have the capacity to understand the directions that we're giving them in the time that we're giving them. And then when they fail, we take out our frustration and anger on them because, you know, we are incapable of giving them proper direction versus, you know, and you know, how, how many times did you scream and yell at your kids and then go back and go like, why did I do that? Because, you know, I'm the one who failed to fully explain that or be patient or whatever it was, you know, and then you have a kid who breaks down and, you know, you, you, you've lost that with your kid that, you know, that, that connection, that, you know, that trust. Bro, hundred percent. I mean, everything you said, it, you couldn't be more accurate in what you just said. Cause I mean, it's, it's crazy listening to you talk to Cause honestly, I mean, you just talked about my life. And I'm sure a lot of other people that can relate to. Um, I would say 10% of the veterans <laughs> out there can say that I share that story in some aspect. Yeah. Cause dude, I mean, a hundred percent, I I get it. Cause you could ask my kids. I mean, there was times they were disciplined through pain because <laughs> that's the Marine Corps way, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, or I snapped at them. They didn't act quick enough or whatever. In my eyes, it's like do or die. You know, if you don't act on, what I tell you to do, you're going to die, you know? So I started correlating that to everything that they did, you know, and, and not realize, you know what, these kids didn't go through 12 weeks of boot camp and four years of shit. You know what I mean? Like here I am trying to, you know, put them through a boot camp and, uh, and expecting them to respond to it, you know? Um, and it, not all kids can respond to that kind of stuff. And that, and as a matter of fact, sometimes they start to shut down, bro. And, and you lose them. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, you know, for me, you know, my, my daughters, both of them are completely different. You know, they have completely dis different personalities. And, you know, you think as a parent that, you know, how you parent your kids need to mold to, you know, how you are as a parent and what you say goes and, you know, those types of rules and, you know, how we grew up as kids. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, if you if you recognize that your kids are individuals and parents personalities, individual personalities. Yep. If you if you parent to those kids individually, you will relieve so much stress out of your life. And it, yeah. And yeah, you have better. It's not, a, it's not a cookie, you know, cutting situation for each kid. You know what I mean? It's just not. Um it's been proven that each of us learn different ways. Some of us are visual. Some of us are hearing. Some of us got a touch. Some of us need all of the above. You know what yeah. I mean? Or whatever. Um, the same goes with your kids. Just because, just because they come from the same parents doesn't mean they're going to be the exact same. Or, you know, like my daughter, straight A student all the time. You know, son, you know. I can't say the same, but it's not like I had that same expectation for him because yeah. your sister's getting A's. You should be getting A's, you know, no. And I, now I'm going through it with my three stepsons. Um, well, one of them, he's autistic, but the other two, they, you know, they are so the one he loves school. He loves math. He just, you know, excels great. Doesn't care for sports. Other dude likes sports. 
I hate school, love my friends, you know, that's his thing, you know, two dudes raised by the same people, totally different guys, you know what I mean? And it, it just happens, and that's what people got to realize. You're not going to have three of the same. You're not even going to have two of the same, more than most likely. You're going to have some similarities and some likes and dislikes that they have, but to have to think that they're going to be able to go operate in the same fashion in every manner is is unreasonable. Yep. Yep. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, parenting is tough, and especially when you've experienced uh, combat, you're young. I couldn't imagine that uh, when you came home, bro, like, because, I mean, I, I had my kids after, uh, you know, after when I came back, I listened to the Marine Corps. I didn't go get married till after. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I couldn't imagine coming home right from the combat zone and, and then right into your living room trying to, you know, uh, you know, be a parent and be a dad and, and, and disconnect from everything that you just experienced or all the, the for a duration of time too, man. I mean, this isn't like you were, over there for 24 hours, you know, you spent a lot came, of time there. And yeah, I came home and I think I did a really good job <laughs> of box, um, a really good job of burying that box. You know, we came home during a recession when there was no work. Um, I was, you know, paying child support on, you know, my kid and mm. was scrambling to find a job. I found a job at a feedlot for eight fifty an hour. And, you know, my entire paycheck went to paying my child support every month and putting gas in my car to get to work. So, you know, I, I think at that time I was, I was in a, a place of like, I have to bury this and focus on, taking care of this right now survival mode you were in survival mode here right at home man right yeah. off rip dude child support ain't no joke trying to get a job ain't no joke i mean especially yep. when you're in a recession yeah you know and not all jobs you know a lot of people like think oh well when you're in the military you should be easy to get a job when you get out not yeah. necessarily man i mean some of the stuff that you did in the military has zero zero experience for the job that you're that you might be applying for yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I was looking for one to two years experience. <laughs> yeah. I was a military police officer. I thought, you know, 100% I was going to come out, get into law enforcement and, you know, of some sort. And uh, I came home and was applying those routes and um, had a job offer with uh, Federal Protective Service and uh, CBP and went the Federal Protective Service route for a few years. Um, and that eventually led into, you know, working for immigration and stuff now, but, uh, it's, you know, I think back to all those years of kind of climbing that ladder, that career ladder, cause you know, you have a, a late start in life. Everybody you went to high school with is graduated college and is starting their careers and you just got back from a war and you're like, okay, now what do I do? And I, really put my nose to the grind. And I think I, you know, kept that box buried and focused on living life and, you know, living, you know, the, the family life and the, the grind of, you know, getting a bigger, better job and, you know, climbing your way up the ladder and those types of things. And then along the way, 
that box was like leaking out, you know, like toxic, you know, it was problems with relationships, problems with family, you know, marriage, kids, you know, your job, all these types of things. And all of a sudden you find yourself like you've been grinding for all these years and trying to, you know, get to a certain point in your life. And you're like, I am absolutely miserable and unhappy and dealing with all of these emotions. And I have no idea what's wrong with me. And it's because you put this box away and never dealt with it. And you now have to figure out where all of this went wrong over the years. And that was, that was essentially my life. That's what I did. And, you know, I, I heard a lot of people along the way and I had to go back and fix a lot of relationships. And, you know, now, now that I was willing to do that and being on the other side of, you know, that fight, life's good. Yeah, man. Uh, I couldn't relate much more than that, dude. Uh, same here. I wish that I would have dealt with a lot of things a lot sooner. I would have saved a lot more relationships um, and not have to go back and, and uh, accept and admit a lot of wrongdoings. You know, if I had probably made myself healthier back then and, you know, that way, like, cause you know, when you, when you're got so much going on, man, you're, 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 you're not giving everybody the best version of yourself, dude. You know what I mean? And I, that was me for a long time. And, uh, I just put it off on everybody else too. Just like, fuck them. And you know, everybody's got fucking problems and da 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 da. you know, <laughs> maybe it's me, you know what I mean? And, uh, sometimes you got to just sit there and say, gosh, damn, swallow a bullet and say, all right, now now it's time to go mend the fences or or you know try to rebuild some of the bridges. Some of them you maybe don't want to. Some of them maybe are worth, um, you know, because when you get to that clear state of mind, dude, you can start seeing the ones that were worth it and the ones that weren't worth it, anyways, and that you wasted your time on, or that put you down in a fucking path that you shouldn't have gone. You yep. Know? Yep. And I will say the ones who are still with you. Uh, through thick and thin those, those are the ones that are your inner circle right those, yep. those those are your those are the ones and i say put all of your focus into those relationships uh focus on them more than anything because those those are the people who stuck by you and yep. you know um that that's definitely where i'm at in my my life and my relationships you know i I have a lot of people who are friends and acquaintances, and then I have a very select few who are, you know, that inner circle type group of friends. But, you know, it's it is made me happy. It has made my life, my wife and my family happy. And I'm not wasting all of my energy on all of these other resources that, you know, are not. Uh, important or have you know a lasting effect in my my life and my relationships 100 percent, exactly and same here man i'm just uh i feel way happier in life uh it, it, you know when you clear your mind man it's just it, it's relieving and when you and you when you start up living for others and stop worrying about what everybody else thinks cares about what you're doing or how you're doing it man it's liberating it is just ugh, you know it's like could do a lot more now without all this weight on me, you know? Yeah. So, 
Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, switch it up a little bit, man, and get into uh, something I'm sure near and dear to your heart and something that's also really helping uh, the veteran community. Let's talk about Wheels for Warrior USA. I guess they're helping vets two wheels at a time. That is uh, that is our nonprofit. We are a 501c3 veteran nonprofit. Uh, we are a 100% nonprofit. Um, all money raised or donations go towards our programs, our motorcycles. Um, but essentially, uh, we give 100% free motorcycles to veterans as part of a mentorship program um, where we provide camaraderie, support, and a sense of service to a veteran uh, through a partnership with the veteran organization where they sponsor our veteran for a year. Uh, we provide the motorcycle. We pay the tax title licensing and insurance for a year, um, a maintenance plan for the motorcycle for a year, all the riding equipment for a year, uh, gas for a year. Um, and if they need a motorcycle endorsement, we'll put them through the, the training academies or riding academies so they get their motorcycle endorsement to just throw a leg over and ride and enjoy wind therapy. Um, wow. The mentorship program portion of what we do is – uh, we partner with veteran organizations all across the United States, whether it's the Combat Vets Motorcycle Association, um, VFW, um, you know, any uh, veteran organization that's that's out there that wants to sponsor a veteran. Uh, they sponsor our veteran for a year. Um, they get them involved in veteran related activities if they're doing, you know, community things, if they're doing events, fundraisers, those types of things, if they're, you know, uh, just having gatherings, get-togethers, things for veterans, um, getting them involved and just getting them back involved with veterans and getting them back in the circle with a, a like-minded people who know and understand what veterans go through. Um, you know, the the resolve to a lot of veterans' problems is not sitting around a circle and talking about how they feel. Um, it's about being around other veterans who know and understand and if you're having a bad day and you're dealing with stuff and don't want to talk about it, just being in a safe place with veterans who know that you're going through some stuff and they're just there to be with you and lift you up and provide that camaraderie and support that we got in combat, what we got overseas, what we saw when we were suffering and going through things overseas. Um, that's what our veterans need. Man, that's awesome, bro. Let's uh go through some pictures uh that I got and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. Let's kind of talk about some of these uh <laughs> so this is uh my good buddy Chris Kale. He's a, a bass player for a band a lot of people probably know, Bad Wolves. Um he's he's been a supporter of Wheels Forers USA for a few years now. Um absolutely amazing guy. Uh, this picture was taken last year uh, at Sturgis at the Buffalo Chip. Uh, we were the uh, charity of choice for the Buffalo Chip last year. And this is a bike that was built by Derek and his crew at uh, Exotic Customs out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, this is a, a bobber that all the gold that you see on this bike is plated 24 karat gold. Every wow. nut, washer. Everything, everything you see that's gold is actual 24 karat gold on that bike. And we raffled it off on stage last year in front of 70,000 people. And it was awesome. So, wow, yeah. Wow, that is a beauty. Goodness. When, 
Bad Wolves played at the the Buffalo Chip. Uh, he came up and uh, hang out with us at our booth for a little bit, and then course you know we went and saw him for his concert and all that and then i got to go up every night and pitch wheels for warriors in front of you know seventy thousand people every night and the night that they played he actually came up on stage with me and was throwing out t-shirts and stuff on stage so i gotta say i gotta hang out with you know kyle conkle from bad wolves and promote wheels for warriors on stage in front of seventy thousand people man it was it was awesome so so, so uh, let's talk about that too real quick about talking in front of a lot of people man is uh are you good at doing that or you gotten good at doing it or it's you want to throw up right before <laughs> what's up um honestly it it has zero effect on me i've i've done a lot of these events and public speaking type stuff for years but uh that was in front of that many people was definitely like a unique experience um you know, they got, you know, 40 foot, you know, speakers hours on. <laughs> yeah. You could hear yourself, you talking, know, huh? 70,000 people in front of you and you go to talk in the microphone and you can't hear your own voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Deafening. And you can't, you know, and the the very first night I did like a, a mic check. I like looked around and was like, you know, and they're like, no, it's on. <laughs> and then after that, I was just rolling. But, you know, in front of that many people you know it's not like you're talking or giving a presentation to like five people you know where their sole focus is on you right you know, yeah Seventy thousand people you know how many are paying attention i'm just talking to one big crowd you know it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's it doesn't yeah it doesn't bother me at all nice all right let's uh check out some more pictures this is a bike that we gave away last year in Ohio with the the Combat Vets uh, Motorcycle Association. Um, it was built uh, for us uh, by somebody who's built motorcycles for us uh, in Ohio uh, for the last like three years. Uh, let me, I want to double check that. Uh, I think this is the third bike that he's done for us. So um, yeah, so this is just the, the type of bike that we give. It's a cruiser style motorcycle, uh, 700 CCs or bigger, uh, type motorcycle. But, uh, every bike that we do, uh, we go through these bikes and make them brand new front to back. Um, make sure that they have a service plan for a year. Like I said, uh, that if anything goes wrong in that first year, we take care of anything, whether it's a tire turn signal, any issue that they may have, if they need, you know, floorboards or, handlebars changed or a different seat or whatever they need to make the bike comfortable for them. You know, we swap things out, make it right for them. Um, but, um, yeah, you can see here, you know, beautiful, beautiful bike, man. Absolutely. Let's check out another one. Yeah. This is our raffle bike. Uh, this is actually in beach. Uh, this is on the boardwalk, uh, for a lot of the, the, uh, motorcycle magazines. Uh, they're doing their, their bike show, uh, out on the boardwalk and taking pictures. So we we're out there competing uh, with some of the, the world's best out there. Uh, we actually placed in every show we placed that bike in. Uh, we had it in five shows and placed in all five shows. Man, she's a beauty. Let's see. All right. So this bike right here, um, I'm glad that you put this picture in here because uh, this is actually a bike that was donated to us um, at Daytona Bike Week. Um, we oh, were nice. set up at Customs. Um, our booths were side by side. And 
uh, a gentleman who has known Exotic Customs for a couple of years. Uh, he learned about our program and everything that we had going on. And uh, he had uh, an extra motorcycle there uh, with him. He was from Michigan. Uh, he brought it so his nephew could ride. And at the end of the week, instead of packing up his extra motorcycle and bringing it home, he put it in the back of our truck and said, send it, give it to a veteran. Man, so that's awesome. You know, wow. We talk about the bikes that we give to veterans. Um, you know, these bikes, we get them, whether we fundraise, you know, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 to go out and purchase a motorcycle for a veteran or a motorcycle is given to us and we rebuild it and make it brand new again. Um, no matter, you know, how we go about it, you know, these bikes are brand new once we can give them to a veteran. Um, but the unique part of what we're doing um, comes from some of the stories that we get from getting some of these motorcycles. Uh, we had a gentleman call us from California that said he had a bike that he wanted to give to us. And we were pretty hard up for bikes at the time. And it was going to cost us more in gas money than what the bike was probably worth to go and get, but we needed a bike. So Craig Tupin, our president loaded up, went out, drove out to California and picked up the bike. And when he got there, the gentleman that was donating the bike was a veteran who had a uh, pretty severe traumatic brain injury um, and was losing his ability to care for himself. And one of the last things he wanted to do was donate that motorcycle to a veteran. And he had heard about our wheels for USA program and wanted it to go to a veteran. And the, you know, Craig, our president said the entire time he was driving out there, he's like, why am I wasting the time and the gas to drive out there? We could just buy one, you know, just like it 10 minutes up the street, you know, and he still went out and got it. And then when he went out and got it, he knew that that was the reason that he had to go out and get that bike. And we have so many more stories like that, that, you know, people have heard about us and called us up and gave us a bike or, um, you know, we had a, um, a husband and wife donate their son's motorcycle who was unfortunately killed in Afghanistan, um, donated his motorcycle. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, mm. it's a very unique thing that we have going on. Um, you know, and it's, 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 <laughs> it's just, it's just a pretty incredible program, you know, whether it's, whether it's, the people who are donating for whatever reason, um, whether they're donating 20 bucks or they're donating a motorcycle or, you know, they're, you know, donating their time to come and support at our events and, you know, things like that because they believe in what we're doing. Um, it's, yeah, it's an amazing program. And I told Craig, you know, if it's one bike a year or, you know, 50 bikes a year, I'm in it for the long haul. Man, that's awesome. So kind of take us through the process. So if uh, there, you know, how does the, how do you guys go get the veterans for these bikes? So when we first started, um, the, the whole idea of Wheels Forwarders USA started with the Combat Vets Motorcycle Association uh, out of Nevada, uh, reaching out to Craig Tupin, our president, um, and asking him for help finding a motorcycle to give to a veteran. Uh, Craig Tupin at the time was the international president for Victory Motorcycle Riding Group and had a lot of connections to 
you know, bikes and people who could possibly donate. And he made two phone calls and somebody gave him a motorcycle to give to a veteran. Um, so they gave that bike away that year and it was an amazing event. And they said, this is awesome. We should do this again next year and do this as like an annual event. Uh, they did it the second year. Uh, the third year was uh, actually when I hosted the event. At the time, I was the the Combat Vets Motorcycle Association uh, president in Nebraska and or chapter commander in Nebraska, and I hosted the event. Um, I had like 13 veteran organizations and a flag line, and I did you know all these you know different things, and you know just made it a really nice event. And then after the event. Craig asked me to come on to Wheels for Warriors because they were going to start it as a national nonprofit and he wanted me to be his event guy. Here I am. I'm the event <laughs> the vice president of Wheels for Warriors USA. Um, but going back to the motorcycles and stuff, um, you know, whether we're purchasing them brand new from a dealership or somebody donates them to us, you know, we've driven all across the United States to pick up these bikes, to bring them back here, make them brand new and give them to a veteran. Wow. That's awesome, man. So, uh, do you know exactly how many you guys have given away to date? Uh, since 2016, we have given away 37 motorcycles so far. Um, and we have that we're doing so do you guys have like a certain amount a year? You guys, do you guys have goals? Like, what, like, how do you guys go about that? Is it just year to We've year? Done, you see how it goes. You know, it's, we have said if we have the bike and we have the veteran, we'll make it happen. Um, and that's been pretty fluid over the years. Um, we've done up to 12 programs in one year. Um, and that was getting to be a lot. Um, yeah. Imagine. We, you know, when we first, when we first started doing this, we had an application process where we said, "Hey, you know, fill out this application," and like within the first like week, we had like twelve hundred applications, and we're like, "Yeah, this is not going to work." This is, you know, everybody was like, "Hey, how do I get a free bike?" And you know, we're like, "This is not how this is going to go." So uh, we started reaching out to veteran organizations and saying, "Hey, do you know of a veteran who would benefit from this?" that grew into our mentorship program and actually having these veteran organizations take an interest in our veterans and spend time with our veterans and getting them involved and checking on them, you know, and ensuring that, you know, they're not, you know, put up in the house or, you know, you know, out doing things they shouldn't be doing and, you know, just, just keeping them on the right track and things like that. Um, And here we are, 37 bikes later, we're cooking and rolling. Um, we're recently just in, you know, as a board, we have six board members that do this all over the United States. Um, and we're stretched really thin. So we've talked about dialing it back to, you know, five, six, seven presentations. Um, you know, that's, you know, doing out of state presentations, but, you know, there's talks now of, you know, wheels for warriors and hero stock, uh, becoming full-time, uh, entities and going on the road together. And at every single hero stock event, we do a wheels for warriors, USA bike presentation. So, you know, if Jason, uh, and you know, I'm also on the board for hero stock. If we, uh, are doing a, you know, six, seven, eight 
you know, concert series event across the United States and wheels for warriors is already given away five, six, seven, eight bikes, you know, around the United States, we might as well give them away at the, the best veteran party there is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I'm going to be there. Dude, you ninth, dude. I'm I'm flying out to the good old Nebraska. Oh, you're 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 going in for a good time, man. We're gonna have some fun. Oh yeah, bro. I'm gonna bring a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Nebraska is ready for me. We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I don't know if Jason made mention, but uh, the Bravo Zulu guys took me out skydiving the other day. So if you're in Nebraska and want to uh, check out Bravo Zulu guys, might have to line some stuff up like that. Dang, dude, you went and did that, huh? How was that, bro? How was that experience? Uh, that was that was awesome. That was kind of a bucket list thing that I waited for a long time. I, I actually, uh, I'll bring this up because uh, every good military story uh, has a girl in it at some point. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I came home on uh, I came home on leave from my first deployment, and the girl that I was dating at the time, uh, she took us skydiving and when we got to the place we went through the whole training thing and the videos and the all the filling out the paperwork and all that stuff and then like a, a little storm had rolled in and they said that they had to put off jumping well then a big storm rolled in and i just never got to do it so fast forward like 20 odd years later or whatever you know and yeah they called up jason I'm dying Jason now. They called up Jason and asked Jason. If <laughs> Jason said, absolutely not. But I know the guy who will. And they called me and I said, yep, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. Us Marine guys like to keep our freaking feet on the ground, bro. <laughs> Leave the army to jump and, you know, fly out of the planes. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> it was a good time though. Oh yeah. It was how good. Far, how far up is it, man? Like how far you guys uh, go? We jumped from, uh, it was, uh, 32,000 feet. Yeah. So yeah, they said they, or what? No, it was, uh, let me, let me take that back. 10,000. It was 13,000 feet, 13,000 feet. Okay. Okay. They usually jump. You, I think does that they, go by pretty fast? They jumped from 10,000 and we got to go up a little bit higher cause we had a bigger, bigger plane, but nice. So, uh, how long does it take when you, uh, leave the plane to touch the ground pretty quick? Or is it, uh, it only seemed like it was like, I don't know, maybe like five, six, eight minutes, something like that. Like you get, you know, how, I don't know. The free fall was awesome. We did all sorts of stuff during the free fall, different tricks and turns and stuff. Um, the, uh, the canopy portion of it, um, we were actually up in the air, a lot longer than everybody else because the guy that was i was tandem with uh he went through all of the tricks he did like the the g-force spins where you do like the flat spins oh sheesh bro oh no, man <laughs> uh, he did uh You're tapping that fool out like nah bro like nah <laughs> well he, he did both of those and then he did a like a stall thing where he, <laughs> like hovered in like space it was really weird uh, and then he did like a free fall thing where he folded in the canopy and we dropped like 40 feet. Uh, he did a, like backflip where he did like a kind of an over the shoulder backflip thing. So at, at the end of that, he, he asked me, he goes, how's your head doing? And I was like, it's not my head. That's the problem. It's my stomach. So we're going to have to like tone it down a notch. <laughs> yeah, bro. I don't know. Yeah, that would, I think I would be done. My equilibrium. <laughs> wow. I, 
man right back up man i loved it yeah damn dude you that it's you got to be one hell of an adrenaline junkie for that shit well i i called my wife on the way out there and i said i said this is gonna be either the greatest thing i did that one time or i'm gonna have to be like ordering my own stuff and like jumping all the time and she said it's probably gonna be the later and i she was right so you've you've you totally taken liking to it, huh? Oh, I could do it. I could definitely do it. You can do it more. Like, yeah, nine grand. You could have all your own gear. Yeah, I don't know, man. Rather have a. I don't know. That's that's uh, an area. I don't know. <laughs> I I would probably knock the fuck out if that dude tried to do any of those spins upside downs or anything. I'd probably be that guy out or throwing up all over. I'm like, bro, sorry. I will say there was one part. So like never having done the tandem thing, you know, before, and these, you know, these are all like military jump guys, you know? So instruction was pretty much like, here, put the harness on. (laughs) (laughs) When when we jump and stuff, when, uh, once he pulled the canopy and stuff, uh, there's a part where they disconnect part of the harness and it kind of like loosens up the harness. Well, you drop about four inches and I didn't know that he was going to do that. That four inches might as well have been 250 feet because I left some in my drawers. <laughs> I told him, I was like, I was not expecting that. No, nah, man. No, nah, yeah. I, I don't feel like it, we're having a malfunction immediately. <laughs> like, God. Wow. Uh, it was pretty cool, man. He let me steer the, the canopy and do the flat spins and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it was pretty cool. That is cool, man. So uh, we'll get back to Willis Warrior now. So let's talk a little bit more about that now. Uh, you guys are going to be you're going to be there at Harrowstock, huh? And uh, we are. We got a booth there. We got a booth, and we're going to do a bike presentation. So you will actually be there for a bike presentation. I'm um, excited to see that. Yeah the the bike that's being built for that one is being built by Southeast Community College. Uh, they have a power sports program that they've done a couple of bikes for us over the years. That uh, you know we provide the bike to the school. Uh, the school uses it as a, a project. They they teach the students on it. Anything from changing tires to changing the oil to you know motor repair, tearing it apart, putting it back together, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then for the culmination of their project, they, you know, they put the bike all back together. They make it cool. Uh, Southeast community college, their, their paint program puts a, you know, nice paint job on the bike and they make it nice. And then we present it to a veteran. So that'll be, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that'll be the bike for hero stock. Man, that's going to be cool. I can't wait to see that whole presentation. Now, do you guys just basically take the donation like a bike that's donated you rebuild it is there any bikes you guys have done you know straight up from the you know you designed it and all that stuff or is it all uh bikes that are rebuilt um all the bikes have come from some kind of platform um you know we've we've done a couple uh raffle bikes that we raffled off that were complete you know one-off builds but um, for the bikes that we give to veterans, there's requirements as far as, you know, we want it to be safe, suitable, all those types of things. But, you know, we use we use a, an existing platform. And then, you know, there are 
you know, we did a, a trike for a female uh, veteran last year in San Antonio that uh, Frankenstein trikes, uh, they put a, a trike kit on the back of the bike for us and adapted a uh, way for her to uh, haul her wheelchair with her when she's on the trike to the motorcycle. Nice. We made those modifications um, for the bike and stuff. So, you know, we, we do things like that as needed. Um, but, you know, just using an existing platform that, you know, we can we can take and make cool. Um, that's that's usually the best way. That's awesome. That is awesome. And uh, now, is this one shop that you guys do this out of in Nebraska? Or is it you guys have multiple areas? Or how does is there chapters of this? How does that all work? Or is it uh, just Nebraska-based? Wheels for Warriors USA is based out of Lincoln, Nebraska. The six board members uh, that exist are all from Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, However, we do these all over the United States. We've done them from coast to coast. and you know uh yeah so um the bike programs themselves um they come via veteran organizations veterans reaching out to us um saying like hey i heard about your program that's a little bit harder route because then we have to try and find veteran organizations in their area uh that would you know do the sponsorship portion of it um it's a lot easier when we have a group reach out to us and say, Hey, we have a veteran in mind, um, and going that route, but we've done it both ways, but yeah. Now, typically you wait to have the bike before the veteran, or do you guys have like a wedding list of veterans already kind of accumulated? Um, both, um, are generally we have at least a few bikes on hand, uh, trying to stay a- ahead of the curve. Uh, that's really hard to do because we have zero sponsors. We don't have Harley Davidson or Indian or any of these places saying, Hey, you know, here's, here's a couple extra bikes or whatever. Um, you know, we, we fundraise to get these bikes or it's just the generosity that somebody gives to make brand new again. Um, but yeah. Um, however, yeah. So now with that though, like, um, have you guys tried to go out to Harley and all those guys or like, is that just uh, something you guys don't really seek for it? Yes and no. Um, it's, it's one of those things I hate to say it in the, in the corporate world of, you know, what do we get out of it? You know, what's in nah, it, for, right. you know, yeah. and it's, you know, it's even to to find a, a dealership that says, you know, we'll give you our our bikes that we're going to put in an auction. You know, a lot of these dealerships take bikes in on trade that they never sell them or whatever, right. that they just send them to an auction that gets shipped off somewhere. They get, you know, they, they get dollars out of it. You know, let us let us purchase those bikes. You know, let us get a yeah, discount, like a, a retail price or something, like a very cheap. You know, I'm not trying wholesale. to get a 2024 lineup. You know, to yeah. give to friends, but you know, it's it would be nice if we had. You know, God, there's how many dealerships of motorcycles across the United States? If you know one dealership could say, "Hey, you know, we could give you your, you know, five or 
six bikes for the year, you know, that'd be incredible. But, you know, it's it doesn't happen. Now, can they do it? Can they do it as like a tax write off type of deal or or is that not is not not able to do? You would think, but, you know, that's not my business. It's and that's not oppor- my, Yeah, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Great opportunity to kind of make, you know, and then say. And I mean, I, here I am. I know I'm pitching for the veteran community, but I mean, what better way to say like, hey, you know, we're helping out in the veteran community, Harley David, because what do you think a lot of uh, veterans probably drive, man? I mean, or, you know, ride around on. I mean, a lot of them probably do have Harleys or something to that nature. So it, well, that's- a big part of their customer base is probably veterans. <laughs> I'm not going to say a lot, but. I'm hoping at some point, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Wheels for Warriors USA, we've given away 37 motorcycles. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be at 50 next year. Um, we're we're presenting beautiful. this year with the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team uh, on Veterans Day on the 50-yard line. The bike was purchased by a veteran motorcycle shop. The bike was painted by a veteran airbrush artist, and we're giving it to a veteran on Veterans Day during the Veterans Day game. So and- – and everybody go to the, the Facebook page, go check out those pictures. I've seen them. It is turning out amazing. It oh, is, it's going to be a badass. But what I'm hoping is, is, you know, we're not going anywhere and Jason and what we're doing with hero stock, that's not going anywhere. And we're now teaming up. So at some point in time, these places are going to take notice. They're going to see that there's this hero stock concert series taking over the nation and this Wheels for Wars USA group giving away a motorcycle at every event. Like, yeah. Pe- people are going to take notice. And then, you know what? Oh, yeah. It's going to be, you know, hopefully a decision where, you know, we do start to get sponsorships and we do get the right people because, you know, just at the time may- that. We- and maybe you guys are in a position you might be turning some away, man. Like, well, I, well, what I was. Are you say- want to be a part of it when we're, when we're begging and pleading, you know? And I'll, I'll say this, you know, and, and in this business of doing veteran nonprofit stuff there, we've already ran across our fair share of uh, individuals who try to take advantage of what you have going on and those types of things. And, you know, it, for us, um, it's not about the big relationships and the big money. Um, yeah. You know, we've given away 37 motorcycles on our own and there's six of us. Um, we managed to get this job done. Um, would help be appreciated? Absolutely. But the help has to come from the right people who want to be on our team with what we're doing. And, you know, it's, it's a family, uh, 501c3. We, you know, all of us who are on this board are like family. Um, and we are 100% nonprofit. Nobody gets paid for doing this. And, you know, it's just something that we have a passion for. So, you know, it's not the big corporations out there doing, giving out stuff away. It's a nonprofit 501c3 in Lincoln, Nebraska, out there doing this. I mean, man, it's amazing, bro. I mean, what you guys are doing, you guys, and I promise you, you, those 37 people are absolutely, I'm sure they're elated. You know, and that's why I'm excited to be there to watch someone inherit that and 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 
and get that feeling of oh shit and you know i hope we get to watch them sit on it is it going to be there or is it just well you say or 30... do they get or or do they get it uh you know oh, you, well, you like is it there oh, no. in person we'll do we'll do a whole presentation at the event so yeah we'll oh, find oh, yeah so oh, so you yeah. we get to see him sit down and boom boom or him or her yeah, yeah nice yeah. that's outstanding man yeah that's great. And, uh, you know, what that does for them and their families as well, because, you know, you're giving them an out to go to go blow off some steam. That helps not only the individual, that helps the family, too. You know what I mean? It does. It does. <laughs> I was, I was, for that, too, I said, you know, you said something about it being, you know, 37 veterans now. Um, that's also 37 organizations that we have partnered with all across the United States. So that's beautiful. We do a, a presentation in a new state. You know, we're we're setting up a, a foundation of you know people all across the United States who know about our program and what we're doing. We want to get you know recipients from every state. We haven't got all fifty states yet, so you know it'd be nice to have a recipient from every state and do a, a hero stock wheels for warriors presentation in every state, and you know just circle the United States doing this. Man, that is awesome. And I I I could see this thing. I mean, people love motorcycles. I know, especially veterans. A lot of veterans out there. Um you guys out there in Nebraska, I tell you what, you guys are doing some really good things, man. With you got Scott Fredenberg, you got Jason Steiner, you got Jace Jesse, you got all you guys are out there, man. And and the great thing is, is you guys are all teaming up. You guys are coming from different things but you guys are able to rep each other and so you guys are building nebraska really strong and uh giving everybody else a nice little footprint to look at i mean uh, there's a lot of services out there deuce outfitters uh you know for, forget to talk about chris Kinnis and the deuce outfitters there's just you guys out there in nebraska have a lot of great things for veterans out there so uh, i'm glad they're in nebraska make sure you guys are taking chances of it man i mean i mean not taking chance taking advantage of what is offered out there absolutely because there's I'm glad something you, for everybody i'm glad you brought up scott i was actually deployed with scott on my second deployment yeah i didn't mean to mention that too i did hear that you guys served together so that is yeah. awesome yeah he's, he's, uh, he's on with rucking up for warriors that's that's his whole deal um and he hit the ground running with that too so i'm proud of that guy yeah he really has and he's uh you know you can see his his followers and everything else and like just things are building up for him and uh because you guys men you guys are putting yourself out there and that's what you got to do yep. you know because ain't no one gonna see it or hear about it unless you guys are out there talking about it putting making yourself available to everybody and that's the what's awesome with you guys you guys are very available to talk about it and you guys are man the very passionate this is a selfless thing you guys are out there making millions you guys got families, uh, but you guys are putting a lot of time, effort, and marrying and damn near marrying yourself to what you're doing. Yeah. You know? Well, I hate to say it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, VFWs and Legion clubs and stuff that are shrinking and closing their doors and stuff like that. And the days of, you know, sitting around and having a beer with the guys at the Legion club or whatever, um, it, it's just not the same as, as it was, you know back back for you know our grandparents and parents and stuff like that 
um, you see a lot more organizations like Wheels Wars USA, Hero Stock, Ruck It Up for Warriors, you know, all these different organizations, uh, you know, starting doing different things. You have hunting, you have fishing, you have, you know, a concert series, you have a motorcycle group, you have all these different things. And it's because Jump, jumping out of the helicopter group, I mean, it's just, yeah, there's just so many different communities now. It's beautiful. Yep. yep. It's, I mean, and that's the great thing. Uh, I forgot who I was just talking to. Uh, and they said there was a skateboard one for, for people, that, veterans that love to skateboard, you know, I'm like, dang, that's crazy, man. But that's amazing. I don't know any veterans that got the knees for that. Yeah, I, I know I couldn't. Don't go ask me to do an ollie or some, you know, <laughs> kickflip or something now. <laughs> no way, man. Or, you know, one fall for me would be a, a long recovery. It ain't no, I'm not as resilient. <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's the great thing that we got going on. And um, that's what I love about these podcasts, too, is is we're able to connect and we're able to get some of this out there for everybody to hear, see, know about these things that are available to them. Because, you know, a lot of people, they start losing that, you know, we serve together and we're all in a tight little group. And yeah. then when your time's over, go back home, you know, and. Yeah. And some of that's really far away from everybody you were with that you that you grew a, a connection with, and you feel disconnected from everything. Um, but there's now now that we have technology, we have all these things. There's other ways that we can connect. Um, it may not be uh, sometimes right here, you know, together, but we can connect these ways. I opened up a Wacky Wednesdays to kind of have a hangout place, uh, just to, you know to feel that laughter and that uh, break away for an hour for everybody just come hang out laugh have a good time but feel that you know like we're you know a group again man and and able to kind of just be yourself and, and laugh and and not feel like everybody's like oh man you know but uh yeah man i'm no. uh really what's that no I'm, I'm definitely taking notes from jason jumping on all these podcasts man he's oh. he's a podcast game like just all over the place and so i said a number for him i said uh by hero stock you got to hit 25 i think he's already at like 22 or 23 oh, and uh I'm... he's he's done he's gonna surpass that bro i was like oh, yeah, we're gonna probably have to set it at 50 now <laughs> yeah. uh, but dude yeah you should definitely and uh um, i got a couple friends that would probably love to have you on as well so you want to oh. keep on spreading the word dude we'll just uh keep you know we have a community of podcasts, uh, and I, I know that you've been on Donald Dunn's. I, that's yep. actually, I watched you on his. Um, I'm not sure if you made the Contagion Effect one. Yep. I'm not sure if you made them yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Shadow Mark? No, not yet. Derek and TJ? Nope. So Derek's in Nebraska, you know, and uh, but yeah, you got you to gotta, gotta meet up with Derek Thompson and TJ off the cool. Shadow Mark. They're, they're, uh, they're a fun group of dudes. Um, but yeah, you got to go on some of their shows and, uh, it's, you know, everybody's got their own different people that watch their stuff and every different show you, you talk about something different, you know? So a lot of people are like, Oh, we've seen Steiner on all these different shows. Well, well, I probably get a little bit of different something out of Jason each and every time I'm sure. Well, it's just the fact that it's getting the conversation started. Yep. And 
it's there's so much of the conversation that like you know learning about wills foyers hero stock whatever it may be you know learning about all these different things like you know who's going to hear it you know but the people on your podcast and they're gonna be like hey what what is this about then you know when you see it on tv and you're like oh hey i saw that on that podcast and it's like you're you spread the information so quickly you know and that's why i said i'm taking notes from jason because i'm like man just in the short time that you know he's been hitting the the we'll call it the information wave of getting you know the hero stock name out there man that dude has been been killing it so i'm proud of that guy yeah his growth is amazing it's it's super amazing i'm and he's uh he's committed he's absolutely committed and you know what with jason um he shows up to everybody's stuff man he supports everybody yeah. and that's why everybody's so eager to support him you know because he does what he can and you know i'm like uh you know I, I i text him all the time you know me and him we've become really good buds and so we text all the time and i'm like you know i'm getting ready to need this some uh i'm gonna need some interviews here soon and you know blah, 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 blah. i just i i can't even keep up with the contacts bro i was like <laughs> i was like but that's the kind of guy he is man you know what i mean and on wacky wednesdays i'm like dude i could use like a co-host or something um to kind of help me you know get because it used to be more of a hangout but now that i got part of the military broadcast radio i was like man i need to make it more into kind of a show you know so um i brought him on and he's always willing to help and anytime there's a no show on on someone's show man like he went on and he was a a co-host uh on shadow mark he was on there with Derek. Uh, being his co-host um because you know Derek needed a co-host so <laughs> Steiner's just there man and that's yeah. why uh everybody loves Steiner too because he's there for everybody too man he 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 uh I don't know man he walks the talk he talks the walk I mean he's a good dude you know I got I got a big smile on my face because uh <laughs> So Jason, this is how I know Jason. Jason, he was actually my daughter's uh, softball coach at one point in time. And we kept bumping into each other at veteran events. And <laughs> and then and this was like, you know, a couple of years later or whatever. And we kept, you know, like bumping into each other. Like, why do we know each other? And then all of a sudden he was like, I coached your daughter in softball. And then it was like, and then, you know, we got to talking and BSing after that. And through the stuff he was doing with his, you know, previous, you know, veteran stuff and me doing the wheels for warriors stuff and all the other stuff doing our hero stock event last year, which, you know, was just a, you know, shop party. Yeah. And then, you know, him calling me and saying, Hey, I think I want to do this nonprofit thing. Do you want to come on board and, you know, help me do this? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I will honestly say that I was really reluctant because I've helped start a lot of vet, like, you know, five other veteran nonprofits and I was really dragging my feet on it, but I had so much fun at the event and I saw the energy that Jason had and like the vision he had for what he wanted to do. And every intention that I had of like coming on and helping, I was like, yeah, dude, I'll help you. I'll help you do this that led to me now being the event coordinator for hero stock. So now I'm on the board and doing it full time. And now we're talking about joining forces, man. It's like, it's just one of those things. It's like two, two forces collided and 
full circle, man. <laughs> we're we're gonna make we're gonna make big things happen. So, yeah, I definitely can see it, bro. Uh, you're I, I I can feel your energy too. I mean, I could see the whole thing with you guys in Nebraska in general. Uh, probably gonna make a lot of ways throughout the the country. I mean, uh, I think you guys are gonna make ways outside of Nebraska. You guys are just starting there and uh it's just the epic center or the epicenter whatever they call it you know and uh so you guys are gonna leak out from there i, I assure that i know I Steiner, told- i've told him i said you gotta we gotta have the pre-party here in california there's a couple of us over here that are big steiner fans that's why we say jason 316 too he we gave him uh a name man because he's just through all the things everybody talks jason jason so we're like jason 316 and He's just picked up his own name with us, man. Uh, uh, everybody loves some Steiner. Get bigger than what yeah. it are. You gotta stop blowing his head up though. He's probably over here like watching, like, yeah, like uh, <laughs> all that beard. Yeah, yeah. He just, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot his nice pretty beard he's got going on. But uh yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to Hero Stock, and I know it's gonna be that event that everybody is going to want to go to it's going to be like that one thing you're like man i can't wait till hero stock comes again you know like yeah i told him i said uh i I said if you build it they will come and we were looking at we were looking at venues and i was looking at places like to like to book this and i was looking at venues and he's like man he's like i don't think we're ready for that yet i don't think you know i don't think we're ready for that yet well, I've done, you know, tons of events over the years and stuff. And I was kind of thinking in my head, like, I, I want to see this get like big, you know, I want to see this, you know, grow into something that's going to be huge. And I was thinking on the big scale and he was thinking on the conservative scale. And now, you know, we He's have a modest venue. We have an amazing venue. And I'm, now I'm like, man, we're, we're going to have to figure out like how to, tell people like we can't we can't let anybody else in the building <laughs> like we're the, I, there is without a doubt we will be at capacity like very soon it, like that place is going to be packed out it's going to be awesome no i know that's why he's already trying to line up the next venues and stuff like that because i mean dude check it out you guys are reaching other states you guys got people as far as california and i'm sure there's other states that are in you know involved too but i can I think speak we get- that there's there's like a handful of us from california or more coming out that way and that's pretty cool though i mean for you guys to reach out and for us to want to pay for a ticket go get a uh, rooms and stuff like that although i told center bro i was like i'll be spooning with you man somewhere <laughs> um but you know you guys got us all wanting to get there you know, so that's a cool thing in itself, bro, is you guys are, I imagine last year when you guys did, it was probably more, you know, Nebraska, your communities around those areas. Uh, maybe you had some outer states, but now, man, you guys are really starting to touch way outside of Nebraska. I think the current count is five, five or seven states have requested to have us host a hero stock event next year with wheels for warriors usa bike presentation wow that's awesome so 
Yeah, we got we got one fun, exciting one that just kind of came on the radar. Uh, we have a, a local uh, Har- it's uh, Harlan County Reservoir. It's a it's a pretty large lake around here. Uh, one of the guys that basically owns one of the harbors says he wants to shut down the entire harbor for all vehicles and all boats and throw a beach party for hero stock and charge boats to come in, charge vehicles to come in and have the hero stock be the, the, or the, the Harbor hero stock be like a fundraising event. Bro, that would be man. So that's what I'm saying. This thing is just uh, evolving all the time. That's why I told Steiner, I was like, I got, I'm going to have him on my show one more time. I was like, cause I'm sure bro, things, you know, you're probably getting more towards that finalized thing, but I'm sure there's constant stuff that we can relate a, a month prior to uh, Hero Stock. We're definitely going to have another, you know, probably a few years of like feeling out both doing Hero Stock and, you know, Wheels Warriors at the same time. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, we're, we're being pulled in different directions, you know, different venues, different events, um, you know, different support group, you know, entities and stuff like that. But once we can harness that and tie them together, that is just going to be like a mega event. It's going to be, it's going to be the one that like, everybody's going to be like, when is hero stock coming to our state? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool, man. I'm glad, uh, so you're a busy guy, man. You're part of, uh, that nonprofit. You're part of this nonprofit. That's I'm sure you're busy. See his gray hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, wait till you get here, bro. You know? Divorce, it's kids, funny. all that stuff. You know, it, it would be a pretty amazing thing if we were doing this as a, a full-time gig in the next three to four years. Um, you know, that, that'd be amazing. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Maybe the, that maybe man. our our conversation about four years from now will be a lot different. You never know. And it could be sooner, bro. I mean, yeah, things happen, man. When you want it bad enough, you know, that's another great thing about being in America, you know, land of opportunity. You really want something bad enough. You put your mind to it. You really work and never take no for an answer. Don't give up, uh, stay consistent, man. All that stuff pays off, man. And, you know, and sometimes, when you do things not looking for reward comes great reward later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the beautiful thing about being a selfless person and deciding that you want to do a nonprofit, put your time effort into something that's helping others. And I mean, that's a reward within itself is uh, you're, you're, you're touching and helping someone in their family it's probably touching more than just one individual mm-hmm. when you give a bike away it's touching multiple even and, and, and even like your crew when you guys do a presentation i gotta imagine bro that feeling that you guys get watching them get it is just it it's kind of liberating for you guys too like gosh and you guys kind of know what went into each and every bike that you're giving away to yep. like gosh damn man we we really had a hard time getting the parts for this one or whatever, you know, or, uh, but we, you guys know each and every little one of these projects. 
We sincerely, for anybody out there listening, man, we sincerely, sincerely want to tell what we're doing like a story. Because where these bikes come from is one part of the story. Where these bikes go is the other part of the story. Um, yep. You know, almost every single one of these presentations, if you look around the room, uh, I would say 80% of the people are crying. Um it's overwhelming uh, when people receive these bikes, but it's, it's also very, it's a, it's a big liberating gift. It's a, you know, uh, to acknowledge somebody's service and say, just, you know, thank you and nothing else. Just thank you and go, go be happy. Um, that's a huge gift uh, to give to somebody. And for me, that's been my sense of service. That was, me finding my healing. That was me giving back. That was me doing all these things. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll share a little bit of that too is, you know, I had an evaluation done for PTSD one time and I talked about all the things that I do with wheels for warriors and uh, you know, all this different stuff. And, you know, the guy that I was speaking to, he goes, well, that's awesome that you do all these things. He goes, but you know, you're doing all these things, helping all these people, but, you're not, you're avoiding doing anything by helping yourself. You do all this to avoid helping yourself. And I figured out that he was right. He was spot on. And, you know, you see a lot of these veteran organizations out there, nonprofits out there popping up. The veterans, I guarantee if you look at the veterans who are heading up these podcasts, the veterans who are heading up these organizations these veterans who are putting in the work the veterans who are showing up day after day those are the veterans who experienced real trauma those are the veterans who really saw or had some profound thing happen in their life that they know that they have to do something more than themselves and that's why you see all of these organizations popping up and all of these amazing groups like ruck it up for or, you know, ruck it up for warriors, hero stock wheels for USA, you know, your podcast, everything, you know, it's those reasons right there. Yeah, dude, you hit it right on the spot, dude. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. Um, and I think that, you know, each and everybody wants to go out and do their thing. So someone doesn't have to go through what they went through, you know, or, maybe doesn't have to experience as much, you know, um, and you can help them get there in a healthier manner. Cause a yep. lot of us, they got to where we were probably were super unhealthy getting there. And it took us many years to figure out that healthy way of getting there. Um, yep. but you, when you're young, bro, <laughs> you're going to handle it probably the most unhealthy way imaginable because you're, at that level, you're still a badass. You know every fucking thing, you know, at that moment in time. And, you know, especially you come out of the military, you get a little bit of chip on your shoulder, um, those type of things. But getting humbled and realizing a lot of things and having – that's the thing, man. Uh, hurt people stay super busy. And they just, they just keep their schedule going because they don't want to take that time to deal with what they got to deal with. Yep. But 
it, the longer that you do that, it just starts piling up on you. And then, you know, here's your baseline. How fucking high do you want to build up before you have that, you know, get have to get back down to that baseline? I did that for a lot of years. I was working full time, going to school full time. I was the the uh, chapter commander of the combat vets. Like, I mean, all sorts of stuff, man. We're doing yeah. home replacement, like all sorts of stuff. And yeah. I look back, I'm like, I don't even know how I was functioning. You know, I was literally living on five hours of sleep a night and just around the clock, around the clock until I got to a very, very bad place. Yeah. I mean, it ruined my first marriage the way I was too, is uh, work, which my job was about a 10 and a half hour day. Um, Then it was uh, football, being a coach at the high school for football. For about two three hours then after that going and playing semi-pro football and having like an hour to two hour of practice by the time i get home i'm i, I don't have no more bandwidth for anybody else <laughs> i need to go back to sleep get my ass up so I have my bandwidth is for everybody else that's the way i look at it is that when i was younger my bandwidth was put onto everything else and not focused on like my nucleus my family around me so I was giving everybody else me and at home was failing. I wasn't giving them me. Yeah. And I, because I wanted to stay busy. I wanted to, I, I wanted to do all this shit and, and not have to think about, uh, you know, living life and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, it did yeah. definitely prove damaging and, and uh, a lot of repairing. So what you so what you see now is veterans who they've come home, they've either gone back to school, got that career, they were on that grind, starting a family, you know, improving their home, living that life and doing all those things. And then they get to a point where all of a sudden their life stalls, where they're just now running through the motions. They're running through the motions of life, running through the motions of life. And then all of a sudden that becomes their idle period where they start reflecting and thinking about things. Or, you know, for me, I jokingly, I said this to uh, Ace, I said, I said, you'll know when you're really messed up in the head, when you start crying during golden buzzers of America's Got Talent for no reason. And he looked at me and he goes, I've done that before. And I was like, oh, just <laughs> messed up as I am, man. And right. You know, you'll get to a point where you're like, what is wrong with me? Like, why, why can't I control my emotions? Why can't I control my anger? Why do I cry at stupid stuff? Or why do I feel this way? Or why do I have a, the strong, you know, just, you know, hate for, you know, people in general or, you know, whatever it may be. You, you need to stop and you need to look at yourself and you need to start leaning on the the people who have stuck with you and been by your side. And you, you, you need to start finding that support, finding that avenue, finding, I'm not going to say go out there and, and talk about your feelings because let's be honest, we don't, but you're going to have to find whatever it is that it is that thing that you need to take control back and get your life back. Yep. Without, creating more damage for yourself 
because sometimes yep. we self-destruct and when you when you start feeling like everything you just you get that like fuck it fuck it man fuck everything you know what i don't fucking care about nothing at this point in time and then when you get that old fuck it because let me tell you i i got i'm still paying for that old fuck it attitude that i had you know mm -hmm. I'm, I'm paying dearly for it trust me um it's not good to have that old fuck it manner because when you really it, it's like you know oh this thing's starting to break well i'll fucking break it all the way you know like i'm gonna just go gung-ho no i shouldn't have done that i should have taken the little breaks that were there try to repair those but not just say oh, go shatter the whole thing man i mean and that's what i did to myself and here there i am in my 40s paying that price for it i would i would say that there's actually one step past fuck it and that is when you want everybody around you to feel the pain that you feel and yeah, then you, so you put everybody else in misery yeah you intentionally inflict that on people and make shit worse and you know you you become the root of the problem yeah. well and yeah bro i think uh then i you know i gotta own that part yeah i got that, definitely that was, past that threshold yeah i was there too was, yeah yep definitely uh and you they do say man hurt people hurt people yeah um and that's a true saying i mean it's it, it i've been there been there and that's why it's better for you as a as an individual as a person when you got something try to deal with it try to deal with it then don't put it off for so long you know because the more that you just keep putting in here and you keep placing stuff whenever something comes in there it's, it's got to fit in with all the other shit you didn't deal with yeah so if you keep this area clear man the stuff that comes in there you can process it so much faster to get it out of there and keep that that place clean because bro let's face it living life is rough this day and age you know the cost of living going up pricing the, the 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 economic pressures that are put on us the social pressures that are put on us this it's not a it's not an easy life to live so the the more that you just want to continue to not deal with things and keep putting it back there it's gonna it's gonna boom it's gonna do this eventually and you're gonna be like oh my gosh and yep. the things that you did and 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 regrets that you make are all too late yep and some of them are irreversible, you know, so it's important for us to clear our minds. But uh, I know we've been talking a long time and we could probably keep on going. Is there anything else, bro, that you want to talk about that you maybe forgot about Wills for Warriors or did we touch it all? No, we uh, our website's currently being worked on. Um, it'll be up uh, hopefully very, very soon. But you can check that out. It's www.com w the number four w usa.org um we we just got our online store up so uh if you're across the country and want to check out get some wheels for warriors gear uh check us out on facebook right now you can get the link uh and get some wheels for warriors gear uh wheels for warriors gear support us um other than that um just check us out support us spread the word um word of mouth is how we find motorcycles word of mouth is how we find veterans so uh, if you know of a business who wants to, uh, you know, help us build a motorcycle, uh, if you know of a business who wants to donate a motorcycle or an individual who wants to donate a motorcycle, please reach out. 
um, we'll, we'll drive across the country and pick it up and make it brand new and give it a, a home to a very deserving veteran. So. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate you, man, taking the time to come on here. Talk about everything that we talked about. Uh, it's not always easy talking about some of the things that we've talked about, but it's, it's good, man. It's good for people to hear uh, two men having a conversation about life. Um, Cause you never know who can, who can benefit from a conversation like ours today. Absolutely. Man, who who may need something like that. But man, I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to bro giving you the biggest bear hug ever. Uh <laughs> September 9th, man. So you looking better better be ready. <laughs> yeah, be a good time. Hell yeah, dude. We're definitely gonna have some good time, you know. Who's with me? Frank the tank, you know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, brother. Well, uh Man, I'd love to have you back on again at some you know future time. We'll uh, kind of keep you uh, running guest because there's always new things going up and uh, going on with uh, Wills for Warriors. Yeah. Anytime you want to come on and share something, brother, man, there's always a seat, always an invitation for you. It's totally an open invite. Yeah, Same thing get- with Wacky Wednesdays, man. You ever want to come on there, share? Ace came on. He, you know, it's it's pretty cool having him on there. You ever want to come on as well? It's it's cool time. Sounds good, man. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. uh, Thank you, Jesse. I look forward to being back on next time. We'll get Craig on uh, our president. Yeah, and absolutely. Get him talking too. So absolutely. I love it, man. All right, brother. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. Bye. All right, friends and fam, that wraps up another great episode. I'll tell you what, Jesse Cunningham and what their guys are doing over there for wheels for warriors, USA, something awesome um please go check them out on facebook give them a like give them a follow when they're you know get their uh website up and running go check that out go get yourself some merch and uh hey i hope you guys are having an amazing day don't let it kick your ass make sure you're out there kicking this yeah it's ass until next time though